Amen. Say man. Amen. I'm Kiki Sohood, your host of the Mind Power Podcast. Look, I typically talk about like the conspiracy and shit, but now I feel like shit. I'm going to go ahead and dive into a little bit of that true crime shit. I mean, who don't want to hear about this shit? Like, the people on this very earth, like what they capable of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't seem to pass it up. Like, I'm curious. It's like, I, you know, I just want to see who I'm surrounded with in this sick ass world. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've heard about so many serial killers, murderers, and pedophiles, but me personally, I feel like it ain't none that can top this one. Like, I don't think nobody topping Jeffrey Dahmer. So, look, it took me a while to actually hear about him. I think I was like, maybe 25, 26, probably. And it's like, as soon as I heard about him, like, I was definitely interested because I've never heard about it. You know, I feel like it is rarely talked about because, for one, it's disgusting to hear, like, I mean, and, 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 and even it's, it's even worse to picture it. But I feel like it's important, you know, for people to know about this type of stuff because... You really never know what people are capable of. So I'll go ahead and say this is very explicit. It's a disturbing story. So if you don't want to hear about cannibalism, murder, rape, then just turn the podcast off now, man. You got to turn it off now. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into his childhood. So he was born May 21st of 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the first of two sons of Joyce Annette. His mom, Joyce, was a teletype machine instructor, and his father was a chemistry student. His name was Lionel Herbert, but from the chemistry student, he later started like being a research chemist. So with that being said, like Jeffrey deprived attention, you know, as an infant and as well as a toddler by both parents. And, you know, as once Dahmer, you know, entered the first grade, his father, university studies, kept him from home most of the time. But even when he was at home, his wife, a hypochondriac, my bad, who had depression, which is a hypochondria is a condition where a person is like constantly worried about being sick, like they health, like it's it's like top tier of the main thing they worried about. But anyway, she she constantly demanded attention, you know what I'm saying? And then she spent a increasing amount in bed, you know, and on one occasion she would try to commit suicide um, with Equinel. It's like a minor tranquilizer. So with that being said, they say Dahmer was an energetic baby, he was a happy baby, but became notably subdued after a double hernia surgery shortly after his fourth birthday. So come elementary, you know, he was regarded as quiet and timid from one of his teachers stating that, you know, she detected early signs of abandonment in, in Dahmer due to his mom's illness. And now the symptoms just boosted up with a, you know, she, she, boom, she pregnant, you know what I'm saying? With her second child. So them feelings, you know, definitely in, increase. And me, I'm like, if you already dealing with so much shit, like, why do you, why do you have another baby? Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's selfish. Like, how you take away from your only child and you can't even really, you know, tend to them. But 
No judgment, just my opinion, you know. But so after, you know, finding out she was pregnant, they decided to move to Doylestown, Ohio in 1966. And that's when she gave she gave birth to Dahmer's uh, new baby brother. And his name was David. So from an early age, Dahmer definitely showed his interest in dead animals around the age four <clears throat> is when he began, in his, you know, watching his father removing animal bones from beneath the family home. And Lionel, being his dad, said that Dahmer was oddly thrilled by the sound of the bones made, which he initially called fiddlesticks. So fast forward eight years later in 1968, to the family moved to Bath Township, Summit County, Ohio. And this was the third spot in two years and the parents' sixth address since they done got married. This house is where Dahmer began collecting like large insects, such, you know, like dragonflies, moths, skeletons of small animals like chipmunks and squirrels. And some of the remains, like he stored them in jars and like they was in jars of formic acid. And he stored them like within the hut, within their house, you know. Uh, two years later is when Dahmer decided to ask what would happen if chicken bones placed in bleach. And I don't understand how, but the father was pleased by what he believed to, you know, be his son like scientific curiosity. And he went out and demonstrated how to safely bleach and preserve animal bones. Now, if any of my nieces, nephews, cousins, aunties, uncles ask me this, that's a red flag. I don't care about how you bleaching them bones to save them. Or it ain't none of that. You can keep it. <laughs> so in, in 1975, Dahmer, he decapitated a carcass of a dog before nailing the body to a tree and impelling the skull upon a stick in the woodland behind his house as a prank. He later invited a friend to view the display claiming he had discovered it, discovered the remains by chance. Like Within that same year, Dahmer's dad taught him how to preserve animal bones, which, again, I don't know why. I don't understand. <laughs> Joyce began increasing her daily consumption of equinol, laxatives, and sleeping pills for minimizing her tangible contact with her husband and kids. So you over here going to sleep, no disrespect, but like, how you going to go to sleep? And your son is like oddly interested in learning how to, hmm, I, I don't understand. All right, so, so let's go ahead and jump into uh, his high school. So... He was a freshman at Revere High School. He was seen as an outcast, but by the age of 14, he began drinking beer and hard liquor in daylight hours, frequently concealing his liquor inside the jacket he wore to school. He, he was known to have mentioned to one of his classmates who, you know, like asked him, like, why, why he drinking scotch in the morning, history class. Um, but Dahmer was basically saying it like, shit, it's my medicine. But boom, when he hit puberty, 
He then learned he was gay. He didn't tell his parents though. But as a teenager, he had a like a brief relationship with another boy, but they they didn't have sex, you know. Later on, Dahmer began fantasizing about dominating and controlling a completely submissive male partner in his early to mid-teens. And his fantasy gradually evolved to his focus upon the chest and the torsos of his fantasies. Somehow his fantasies became intertwined with dissection. And I'm like, shit, how do you even mix chest, torso with dissect that nanny fucking? I don't understand. So at the age of 16, Dahmer got his fantasy of rendering an unconscious male jogger he found attractive and then making sexual use of his body. So one day, Dahmer concealed himself in some bushes with a baseball cap, waiting on this man to jog. But luckily, that day, he didn't run. And I mean, I guess it's safe to say, like, that would have been Dahmer's first, that would have been his first victim. But in school, despite him being a loner, he was like a, a clown among his friends, you know, the class clown. He he staged pranks, which became known as doing a Dahmer. But the fucked up part about it is the pranks included acting as if he having a, a, a epileptic seizure or cerebral palsy. And he'll do this at, like, schools and local stores and shit. Like, that shit, wow. Like, didn't nobody think that shit was weird? Like, I'm not finna. Nah, that ain't me. And then by 1977, uh, Dahmer grades, like, they dropped, you know. And then within that same year, his parents attempted to save their marriage. But then Joyce Ass decided to go out and cheat in 1977. So they decided to have a divorce. And Lionel, uh, that's, that's Dahmer's dad, he moved out the house, like, early 1978. Boom, let's get into the late teens and the early 20s, and and that's where the murders began. So three weeks after graduating, Dahmer committed his first murder. He saw Stephen Mark Hicks, who who was, he was hitchhiking his way to a concert. Uh, It was somewhere in Lake Park, Ohio. He was 18, almost 19, and Dahmer asked him to come to his house, have a few few beers, since he had the house to himself. So Dahmer was saying, just seeing the sight of his bare chest standing on the side of the road start, started his sexual feelings. But when he started talking about girls, he knew he, you know, any sexual passes was going to get denied. So the hours passed, them talking and drinking, listening to music. Hicks was ready to go, you know, and, and Dahmer didn't want, you know, he didn't want him to leave, so he bludgeoned him with a 10-pound dumbbell. Then he struck him twice from behind while Hicks tried to sit up in a chair. So then Hicks went unconscious, and and that's when Dahmer strangled him to death. He strangled him with the bar, the bar strip he he had. Then, boom, he 
stripped the man's clothes off, rubbing his chest, and masturbated as he stood over his dead fucking body. Like, <sighs> tell me how they turn you on. Make me understand. Cause I... Then the next day, Dahmer, nasty ass, dissected his body in the basement buried, and then buried his remains in a shallow grave in the backyard. Before several weeks later, he dug his body up, paring it, basically cutting it with a chef knife, from the bones, dissolving his flesh in acid before flushing the solution down the toilet. And that ain't even it, fam. He crushed this man's bones with a sledgehammer until it was like splinters, like chopped, like... And then he scattered them in the woodlands behind the family home. Like, what type of... All right, now let's let's go ahead and ride until the college until his college and army stage in life. So, six weeks after the murder, Dahmer's father and his fiance returned home, and they discovered that Dahmer was living alone. So then they made Dahmer enroll into Ohio State University, hoping to major in business, but he failed in majority of his classes due to his drinking. The only class he passed, of course, was riflery. So come January 1979, his father urged him to enlist into the Army, where he trained as a medical specialist at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas. Fast forward to March 24, 1981, Dahmer was deemed unsuitable for military service because of his alcohol abuse and was later discharged from the Army. He received it on honorable, uh, honorable discharge as the superiors didn't believe that any problems Dahmer had in the army would be applicable to civilian life. So after being discharged from the army, he opted to travel to Miami, Florida, because he he was tired of the cold, supposedly, and he couldn't face his dad. So he tried to live on his own. In Florida, he found employment and rented a room in a motel, which he spent most of his money on alcohol and was soon evicted for non-payment. So he spent his evenings on the beach as he continued to work at a sandwich shop until calling his pops and asking him to return back home in September of that same year. So, it, it, I mean, he already showing, like, unstable type of shit. You know what I'm saying? From the Army, it's like passes early, you know? So... <clears throat> Let's go ahead and talk about him moving back home and relocating to Wisconsin. So after him being home, Dahmer's father and stepmother started giving him like a lot of chores to keep him occupied while he looked for a job. He still was a heavy drinker, and two weeks after he returned, he was arrested for drunk and disorderly conduct. And he was only fined $60 in a 10-day jail sentence. So his father tried to wean him off alcohol, but being unsuccessful, Come December 1981, they sent him to live with his grandmother in West Alice, Wisconsin, hoping that that, that would change, you know, the center of, of his attention and her influence would persuade him to quit drinking and find a job and live responsibly. And I'm like, <clears throat> that ain't worth shit, because why you send your son out there with your with your mama knowing that she probably couldn't do more than what you could? Like that? 
I, I tell you. So then he ended up finding a job at a blood plasma center, and 10 months later he was let off and arrested for decent exposure on August 7, 1982 at Wisconsin State Fair. He was exposing himself on the south side of the Coliseum, and was it was 25 people present, including women and children. He was convicted and fined $50 plus court costs. So then after that, he ended up finding a job as a bartender. In late 1985, he began going to bathhouses, which he described as a relaxing place. But when having sexual encounters became frustrating at his partners moving. So he like he, he got mad at them moving like it's fucking weird. Though. Anyways. He started giving him sleep pills or, or laced day liquor with sedatives. He then waited on him to go to sleep before having sex with him. After 12 incidents at the bathhouse, they revoked Dahmer's membership. So he went to the hotel rooms to continue doing what he was doing. Bullshit. Shortly after losing that job, he saw that an 18-year-old male had a funeral coming up. So he decided to try to steal the freshly... <sighs> tried to steal the fresh corpse and take it home, but after seeing that the soil was too hard, he abandoned the plan. Like, <laughs> on September 8, 1986, Dahmer was arrested for lewd behavior for masturbating in the witness, <clears throat> I mean, in the presence of two 12-year-old boys claiming he was only peeing, but he didn't, he didn't even know that he had witnesses around. Like, boy. So on March 10th, he was sent to one-year probation with an additional instructions. He was to undergo counseling. So the fact that y'all see that he doing it over and over, and if it ain't the same thing, it's close enough. And y'all steady want to give this man probation, petty fines, another chance. Like, y'all... Y'all didn't see the pattern, bro. All right, y'all, so <clears throat> let's go ahead and dive in the late 20s and the early 30s. And, and of course, this is where more murders happen. So at the Ambassador Hotel on November 20th, 1987, Dahmer encountered a 25-year-old man named Stephen. Dahmer, of course, persuaded him to return to the hotel where he was going for an evening. And according to him, he had no intentions of murdering him. But when he just wanted to drug him and lay beside him, and explore his body. Like, why? what's up with the drugging folks, man? It's crazy. But he he just wanted to, you know, lay beside him. But then the next day, he he wake up and find Stephen laying under the bed. His chest was crushed. He was black and blue with bruises and blood seeping out from the corners of his mouth. Yet, Dahmer's fist and forearm extensively bruised. And Dahmer told investigators he cannot believe this has happened. And he had no memory of it. Fucking lying, boy. Okay, so to get rid of his body, he went out and purchased a large suitcase, took it to his grandma's house. One week later, he cut his head off, his arms and legs from the torso, removing the bones. <laughs> he removed the bones from the body before cutting the flesh into small pieces, small enough to handle. Putting the flesh in two plastic bags, wrapping the bones inside a sheet and pounding them with the sledgehammer until those, of course, were splinter-like. He say the whole process took him maybe two hours to complete 
and disposed of Stephen remains, excluding the severe head in the trash can. After having the head wrapped in a blanket for two weeks, he then boiled the head in, mixture, in a mixture of alexol and bleach in effort to retain the skull, which he used for masturbation. You, this, this man was disgusting. He eventually had to throw the skull out because it was too brittle by the bleaching process. So he, so he had to get rid of it. Like you nasty little man. All right. So with that being said, let's go ahead and, and, and chop it up about the intermediate incidents. So after that murder, he started like seeking victims. Hey, photo. <laughs> Uh, my dog in the background going crazy with her toy. So, if you hear any squeaking, it's her going hard with this damn squeaky toy. All right. So, as I was saying, after that murder, he began like looking for more people at the at the gay bars. You know, he would he would lure them to his his grandma house, drug them, of course, before or even shortly after engaging sexual activity. And once they was unconscious, he'll kill them by strangling them. Um, two months after his last murder, he ended up meeting a 14-year-old prostitute named James. He offered him $50 to pole for nude pictures, of course, and then after having sex with him, <clears throat> he strangled him on the floor and left his body there for one week before dismembering him the same way he did Stephen. And then, boom, March, 4, March 24, 1988, he met a 22-year-old man named Richard outside the gay bar. Uh, it was called the Phoenix. He then again, you know, led him to his grandma's house for $50, you know, drug him, strangled him. And then on this occasion, he decided to perform oral sex on his corpse. So on April 23rd, he found another man dra- drugging him with coffee while his grandmother ended up hearing something, I guess. And she said, you know, she called out, is that you, Jeff? Jeff responded in a manner so his grandma would think, you know, it, he was there by himself. But she she ended up finding out he wasn't, you know, he wasn't alone. So he decided not to kill this person. Instead, waiting until he became unconscious before taking him to the uh, the general hospital. Then, boom, 1998 of September, his grandma got tired of his shit and wanted him to move out because his drinking habit and bringing multiple men to her house late at night. And on top of that, his the foul smells from the basement and the garage. So on September 25th, Dahmer moved out into his own one-bedroom apartment at 808, 808 North 24th Street. This is where you know that he finna start doing some. Mm. So two late two days later, he was arrested for drugging and sexually fond fondling a thirteen year old boy who he asked for new pics. Then his father ended up hiring and hiring him a lawyer who evaluated him later, revealing he had harbored deep feelings of alienation, being an impulsive person, and suspicious of others. And and that dismayed his lack of accomplishments in life. Like, um... So in 1987, his probation officer diagnosed him from suffering from schizoid personality disorder, which was all presented in court. So, boom. January 30, 1989, he pled guilty 
to the second degree sexual assault of enticing a child for moral purposes, taking a 10 day work absence uh, on Easter. But with that, he moved back into his grandma's house in Burley two months after his conviction and two months prior to his sentencing for his sexual assault. He murdered a 24-year-old aspiring model, Anthony Sears. Being his fifth victim, he lured him to his grandma's house, drug him, and strangled him. Like, how many chances is y'all going to give, dude? Like, I'm I'm not understanding this because it's like, how many chances do he really need at this point? Like... Y'all steady letting this man go and do what he want to do. And it's, it, I mean, it's safe to say that he ain't stopping. He wasn't going to stop. So come the next morning, he took the body <clears throat> to his grandma's tub, decapitating it before attempting to flay the body. Then, of course, doing that, he did he did it to the other victims. So Dahmer saying that he was exceptionally attractive. He preserved his head and genitalia and acetone, stored them in a wooden box, and later placed them in his work locker, and a year later took to, took them to his apartment. He will later move in. May 23, 1989, he was sentenced to five years probation and one year in House of Correction, with work release permitted so he would keep a job. Also, he had to register as a sex offender. So it's like, boom another chance to continue doing the sick shit he's doing all right so we're gonna go ahead and jump into the apartment that was on north 25th so it was a 1990 killing so may 14 1990 he moved out his grandma's house into 924 north 25th street apartment 213 that was like the most i guess I guess it was the apartment that he did most of the bullshit in. So, taking Sears' mummified head and genitals with him, within a week of moving, he already killed his sixth victim, who was 32-year-old Raymond Smith, promising him, of course, $50 for sex inside his apartment. He laced his drink with seven sleeping pills, then strangled him. The following day, he went out and bought a camera and took pictures of Smith's body in position before dismembering him in the bathroom. He boiled his legs and arms and pelvis in a steel kettle with soy legs, which allowed him to rinse his bones in the sink one week after murdering Smith. On or about May 27, Dahmer lured yet another young man to his apartment, but this time Dahmer, dumbass, accidentally drinks the drink he had laced with sedative intended, intended for his guest, and when he woke up the following day, he discovered that his intended victim has stolen several items of his clothes, $300, and a watch, which I feel like karma is a motherfucker. Like, and I'm glad he got away, fam. Fuck. So, fast forward June 1990, Dahmer lured yet another person, 27-year-old Edward Smith, to his apartment, and of course doing the same thing, his same routine, but this time he placed a skeleton in the freezer, hoping that it would remove the moisture but it didn't so he put it in the oven to dry which made it explode him stating he felt rotten because he wasn't able to retain the body parts like bro you nasty like oh yeah let me put this shit in a in a refrigerator so it can remove the moisture 
Like it's it gets weird and weird to sound like it don't make no sense. But anyways, not even three months later, he murdered twenty two year old Ernest Miller, learned him with the same fifty dollars he agreed, and allowed him. Well, he was asking him like, could he listen to his heart and his stomach, attempting to give Miller oral sex. He told Dahmer it'd cost him extra, but. He already gave Miller his sleeping pills, but he only had two of them, so he just ended up slashing his neck with the same knife he used to dissect the other victims with. He then took pictures of his body, kissed and talked to his severed head, and then wrapped his his heart, biceps, and portions of his flesh from his legs in a plastic bag and placed them in the refrigerator for later consumption. Like, how do you understand it? Like, how can I make you... <laughs> Uh, three weeks later on September 24th, he met a 22 year old named David Thomas at Grand Avenue Mall. He took him back to his place for a few drinks and money. Dahmer stated after giving Thomas his laced drinks, he didn't even feel attracted to him no more, but couldn't let him wake up because he feared he'd be angry for being drugged. Like, duh, who ain't going to be mad about somebody drugging him? Like you crazy. So of course he killed him and left no trace of his body, but he did take pictures of his process and that's what aided in Thomas identification on a five month long, no killing streak between October, 1990 and February, 1991. He tried on numerous occasions to lure men to his apartment, but he was unsuccessful. And I feel like maybe they was trying, you know, word around town that somebody picking up random people for money and, Trying, they just trying to be safe. Like uh, that's probably just all it was, honestly, because you know everybody talked. G. All right, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and get into the 1991 killings. So February 1991, Dahmer lured a 17-year-old named Curtis Strader who was standing outside at a bus stop near Marquette University. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. But he offered him money for new photos with added sexual intercourse. He drug him, of course, cuffed his hand behind his back, and strangled him to retain his skull and hands and genitals and took pictures of the dismemberment process. Like, bruh, go far, bruh. Like, I'm like, how many people are you? Like, how deep is that? I, I couldn't understand, but... Not even less than two months, April 7th, he persuaded Errol Lindsay to come back to his apartment, drugged him like all his other victims, but this time he went far as hell. He drilled a hole in his skull, poured hydrochloric acid into it. Dahmer says, after this experience, Lindsay woke up, woke up and said, I have a headache. What time is it? Dahmer then drugged him again, strangled him, and saved his skull. Then flayed his body, placing the skin in cold water and salt for several weeks, hoping to permanently save it, but had to throw it out because it was too frayed and brittle. Like, bruh, how do you even have the stomach, the mind, like, to do any of that? Like, I don't even understand, but by 1991, a residence of the Oxford Apartments where he was staying, they were constantly complaining that you know, to the property manager, uh, Princewell was her name, of the foul smells from apartment 213, Jeffrey apartment. And they was like, shit, it sounds of falling objects and occasional chainsaws. 
Prince Well, she did reach out to Dahmer and he told her that the smells was from his fridge and the food is becoming spoiled. His fridge is broke, fam. Like, that is... Saying his tropical fish had died, but he would take care of it. Like, how do you... How do you even... Like, that ain't even a good enough excuse for your next-door neighbors and shit to smell it. Like, man, that shit is... So, we're gonna fast forward to May 26, 1991. Dahmer met a 14-year-old teenager named Conorak. I can't even say the last name, so I'm going to go ahead and just call him K, so I don't mispronounce his name every time. But what Dahmer didn't know that, you know, he that K was the younger brother of a boy he molested in 1988. So he approached him and offered him money to post, you know, to post for pictures. But K was off top suspicious about it because, you know, he probably didn't heard about what was going on and shit. So, of course, he should be suspicious, but he went ahead and... He went ahead and went, you know. He um he took a couple pictures for Dahmer before he got drugged, and then Dahmer performed oral sex on him. Like, fam, not even saying that it's cool for the older folk, but damn, you going down to, like, 14 years old? Like, so this time, he drilled a hole and filled it with hydrochloric acid and his frontal lobe. Before Kay even fell unconscious, so Dahmer took him to the room where the body of the 31-year-old Tony was killed three days earlier, and he was still laying naked on the floor. Like, oh, shit. Dahmer think that Kay saw the body, but he didn't react because he was already, like, feeling the, feeling the, feeling the from them pills, you know? And after he became unconscious, Dahmer drank several beers while laying down beside him type shit before leaving his apartment to go to the bar and drink and get more alcohol. So, boom. The next morning, on May 27, when Dahmer returned home, he saw that Kay was sitting on the corner of 25th, talking in loud, uh, that's his language, with three distressed young women standing near him. So, Dahmer approached him and told him it was his friend, and he tried to grab him, leading him to the apartment, but the ladies already, they had already called the laws. So, two police officers came. And Dahmer was acting all relaxed and shit, nonchalant and shit, but he told them that Kay was his 19-year-old boyfriend and he drunk too much and was frequently crazy when he got intoxicated. Like, how do... He probably don't even look like he even... But who knows? But still, like... But the three women, they weren't letting it go. So they tried to show the cops that he had blood around his testicles and he was bleeding from his rectum. And they saw that he was struggling to walk. But the officer told her to butt out and to shut the hell up. And not to interfere. Like, if they would have just simply listened, it could have possibly ended there, fam. Like, that's why I'm like, it was so many times where the shit could have been handled. Like, it didn't even have to continue to go and go and go, fam. Like, so after the laws arrived, Three members of the fire department arrived, too. They actually examined Kay for his injuries, gave him a blanket, and one of the three firemen believed that he did need treatment. But the officers, of course, directed them to leave. Like, I feel like in your, and when you're in a line of duty, if you got some type of suspicion, like, go for it. But it was back in the day, so I don't, I don't even I don't understand it. So they ended up leaving shortly after that, and they escorted 
escorted Dahmer and Kay back to Dahmer's apartment. And and Dahmer is just having this convo, like, you know, he appreciated the police. So, you know, trying to, I guess, convince them that he ain't no fucked up person like fam. So when they got into the apartment, he showed them the pictures of Kay trying to convince them that that was his boyfriend. Like, y'all gotta be slow as fuck, fam. So, I guess later on they asked the cops, like, did they smell anything? But only one of them, one of the three say they didn't think it was nothing unusual, but later came back and stated that it was a strange scent going through the apartment, like decomposing of the body. But Dahmer, of course, told the cops that they can look around if they needed to, you know, trying to make trying to make it seem like he ain't up to no fucking good. So the cop did go ahead and peek around, but he didn't take a good look, and he just they left and listed it as a domestic dispute. After Dahmer, <clears throat> Dahmer and Kay went back to the house. He injected him with acid again, but this time it was fatal. And the following day, May twenty eighth. He took a day from work to devote himself to dismember the bodies of Kay and the 31-year-old victim he left, and he saved both of their skulls. So, fast forward to June 30th, Dahmer traveled to Chicago. He met a 20-year-old male named Matt Turner at a bus station. Of course, he offered him money for a professional photo shoot, and at the apartment, Dahmer, of course, drugged, strangled him, and dismembered him, placing his head and internal organs in a separate plastic bag in the freezer. Sadly, he was never reported missing. And then, boom, five days later, July 4th, he met a 23-year-old named Jeremiah Weinberger. He promised him to spend a weekend with him. He drug him and injected boiling water through his skull twice, sending him into a coma dying two days later. Then, July 15th, he met a 24-year-old named Oliver Lacey. Lacey agreed to Dahmer's deal of posing for photos and they engaged in sexual activities before he was drugged. Dahmer said he intended to spend more time with Lacey, but he was alive after unsuccessfully attempting to render Lacey's unconsciousness with chloroform. He called his job asking for the day off, yet they gave it to him, but the next day he was suspended. But after strangling Lacey, Dahmer had sex with his corpse. Corpse. Nasty motherfucker. Before dismembering him, he placed his head and his heart in the refrigerator and a skeleton in the freezer. Four days later, after that, Dahmer ass was fired from his job. Like, he should have been fired. How many sick days you need to keep calling in? Like, that don't make no sense. But, so the same day he found out he got fired, he found another 25-year-old victim named Joseph Brad. Bradhoff. Strangled him, left him lying on the bed. He covered his body with a sheet for two days, fam. And then on July 21st, he removed the sheets to find his head covered with maggots. What he, When he did see that shit, he decapitated the body, cleaned the head, and placed it in the refrigerator. Later, he acidified his torso along with the two other victims he killed last month. Like, y'all, I'm, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't even understand at this point, because how... All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into his arrest. So July 22, 1991, Dahmer approached three men and offered them $100 for new picks, you know, to drink beer and sleep, simply keep him company. But only one of the three agreed, which was 32, 32-year-old 32 Tracy Edwards, 
Walking into an apartment, he noticed a foul odor and several boxes of hydrochloric acid on the floor. Dahmer told him he used that for cleaning bricks. Lied. So several minutes of conversating with Edward, he looked at his tropical fish and Dahmer put a handcuff on his wrist. And when he asked what happened, Dahmer unsuccessfully attempted to cuff his other wrist. Then he told him to come in the room and keep him company and pose for nude pictures while in the bedroom, Edward noticed nude male posters on the wall and the Exorcist 3 was playing. And not only that, he saw a 57-gallon drum in the corner, which had a strong odor. Dahmer then got a knife and informed he intended to take nude pictures of him and Edward went along with it, but in his mind, you know, saying he will finish if Dahmer will remove the cuffs and put the knife away. Dahmer watched the movie for a second, then turned his attention back on Edwards. He laid his head on his chest and listened to his heartbeat, and with a knife pressed against him, he told him that he intended to eat his heart. Like, that shit is wild. So on numerous numerous occasions... Dahmer tried to try to attack Edward, and Edward let him know, like, shit, he, he is friend. He ain't going to run nowhere, you know. But he did decide that he was either going to jump out the window or run through the unlocked door, his next opportunity. So then he had asked if he can go to the bathroom, and once he come out the bathroom, could they sit in the living room and drink a beer where it was air conditioning? Uh, Dahmer agreed, and they went in the living room, and inside the living room, he waited until Dahmer had a lapse of, like, concentration where he wasn't paying no attention, and he asked to go to the bathroom again. When he got up from the couch, he saw that Dahmer wasn't holding his handcuffs, so he punched his ass in the face, knocked Dahmer off balance, and ran out the door. Like, man, look, you are loaded with shit gonna get good. So, boom. Come 11.30 p.m., July 22nd, he went out and flagged down two, two police officers at the corner. The officer had noticed that he was handcuffed, and so Edwards explained to the cops, like, shit, I was at a freak house, and they, they, he put me on handcuffs, and whew, he had asked them if they can remove the handcuffs, but the handcuff key didn't fit. So he agreed, like, look, I'm going to go up there with y'all. And the officer, they end up going, and he told him, like, shit, he he was stuck here hostage for five hours before he escaped. So when they arrived to the apartment, Dahmer invited him in, letting him know, indeed, he did put the handcuffs on dude, although he ain't, he ain't tell him why, you know. So that's when, that's when Edwards had let him know that he had brandished the large knife upon him, and Dahmer didn't even respond. He just let him know that the handcuff keys was on a dresser. So as he, as he tried to go in a room and get the keys. Domeras tried to pass one of the cops, but the other, the cop was like, "Hey man, back up now!" You know, like back up. So Domer let him in, and he and and Edwards let him know that shit. That large knife was under the bed, and he also let him know that he had a drawer full of pictures of a whole lot of human bodies that were dismembered. And one of the cops noted that the decor that was in them pictures, it was taken in this in that apartment. And then the one in the living room went and showed his partner and said, these is for real. But when Dharma saw that one of the officers was holding one of the pictures, his ass tried to fight the cops and in an effort to like resist arrest. But of course, they overpowered his ass, cuffed his hands behind the back, 
and called a backup car. And at this point, one of the officers opened the refrigerator, revealing, y'all already know what was in the. He revealed the flesh, the severed head, on the bottom of the refrigerator. Oh, shit. So Dahmer laid on the floor and turned to the officers and said, what I did, I should be dead. So elsewhere in the apartment, the investigators discovered two entire skeletons, some severed hands, two severed penis, and torsos in a 57-gallon drum. Three torsos, my bad, and they was dissolving in acid. And a total of 74 pictures detailing the dismemberment of the man at the apartment at 924 North 25th Street. The chief of medical examiner later stated, it was more like dismantling someone's museum than an actual crime scene. All right, now, so let's get into the confession part of it. So in the early hours of July 23rd, 1991, Dahmer was questioned for the murders over the following two weeks. They conducted numerous interviews, combining in a total of over 60 hours. Dahmer waived his rights to have a lawyer present throughout his interrogation, saying, quote, created this horror, and it only makes sense. I do everything to put it out. So he readily admitted to having murdered 16 young men in Wisconsin since 1987 with one of his victims that he killed back in Ohio in 1978. He also admitted to engaging in necrophilia with several of his victims, including performing sexual acts with their viscera. And that's like the intestines, the abdominal area. As he dismembered their bodies in a bathtub, he noted that most of the blood pulled inside his victim's chest Then he removed the internal organs, removing the torso so the blood would drain in the tub before dicing any organs he didn't want to save. He also confessed to having consumed the hearts, livers, biceps, and portions of several victims he had with the previous year, often tenderizing the flesh and organs prior to consuming the meals with various condiments. Describing the increase that he was wanting to kill in the In the last two months prior to his arrest stated he had been, quote, completely swapped along. It was an instant and never-ending desire to be with someone at whatever cost. Someone good-looking, really nice-looking. It just filled my thoughts all day long. And when they asked him why he, like, preserved, you know, the total of of all them fucking skeletons, and Dahmer told him that, he was in a process process of construction, constructing a private altar of victims, which he intended to display on the black table located in the living room. All right, now let's go ahead and get into the indictment. So on July 25th, 1991, he was charged with four capital first-degree murders. By August 22nd, he had been charged with 11 murders committed in just Wisconsin. And then September 14th, investigators in Ohio having uncovered hundreds of bone fragments in in the woodlands behind 
his family his family home. Dahmer he he ended up confessing to the killing of his first victim, and he was only identified by the two molars and a vertebra with X-ray records. Like that shit cold, man. So boom, three days later, Dahmer was charged in Ohio with Hicks murders, and he wasn't charged with attempted murder with Toomey either because it had to be like proven beyond reasonable doubt. And since Dahmer asked where he didn't remember committing that murder and it was no physical evidence of the crime existing. So in the preliminary hearing on January 13, 1992, he pleaded guilty, but only for 15 counts of murder. Like he was, he was, the dude was with Dahmer and ended up dead. Like, I don't care how how it happened, where it happened, but it happened under your supervision, so you are accountable for that, fam. Like, it's no way around. Like, quick cutting corners. So we're going to go ahead and slide into the conviction part. So February 15th, Dahmer was ruled to be sane and not suffering from any mental disorder at the time of each, each, you know, each of the murders and 15 murders. And he was tried for two. Well, when he was tried, two of the 12 jurors disagreed. Like, how can you even disagree with that? But Dahmer stated that he never desired freedom from his arrest and that he frankly wished for his own death. He further stressed that none of the murders had been motivated by hatred, that he understood it was nothing he could do nor say to undo the shit he did. You know what I'm saying? But the city of Milwaukee and his doctors believe that his criminal behavior has been motivated by his mental disorder. They added that the medical knowledge had given him, well, he added that the medical knowledge had given him a peace of mind. And although he, he understood like the society would never forgive him, but he hoped that God would. So him stating, I know my time in prison will be terrible, but I deserve whatever I get. Like, bruh, you just, but anyways, he say, he know the time in prison will be terrible, but he deserved what he get because of what he done. And he said, you know, he thanked the honor and he prepared for his sentence, which he know he'll be given a maximum and he asked for no consideration. So boom, he was sentenced to li- he was sentenced to life in prison and 10 plus years upon the first two counts with the remaining 13 counts, carrying a mandatory life plus 70 years. And the death penalty wasn't an option for the judge to consider the penalty case because Wisconsin had abolished capital punishment in 1853. So upon his sentencing, his father and his stepmother would be allowed 10 minutes private. If y'all heard my dog, she'd be tripping once again. So uh, they gave him 10 minutes private meeting with the son, you know, with the stepmother and the father. And that was before he was transferred to Columbia Correctional Institute to begin his sentence. Three months after his conviction in Milwaukee, Dahmer was extradited to Ohio to be tried for the murder of his first victim in a court hearing lasting 45 minutes. And Dahmer again pleaded guilty to the charges and got another life sentence. And that was on May 1st, 1992. So getting to his life in prison and his death. So his first his first year of incarcer- incarceration, 
Dahmer was placed in solitary confinement due to the concerns for his physical safety. And I'm like, that's a whole lot of bullshit because he didn't give a fuck about nobody else's safety when he was out there doing all that bullshit. So he was to come in contact with his fellow inmates with Dahmer's consent after one year in solitary confinement. He was transferred to a less secure unit where he was assigned a two-hour daily work detail, cleaning the toilet blocks shortly after his lengthy confession, Dahmer requested to be given a copy of the Bible, gradually devoting himself to Christianity and becoming a born-again Christian. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so in 1994, he was baptized and graduated Oklahoma Christian University in a prison whirlpool of 1994. He ended up dropping an interview with Stone Phillips on Dateline NBC, and Dahmer stated that if a person didn't think that they were going to be accountable for what they did, then what's the point of trying to modify your behavior to keep it with an acceptable range? He said that's how he thought about it anyway. So on July 3rd, 1994, Oswato attempted to cut Dahmer's throat with a razor blade embedded in a toothbrush as Dahmer sat in the prison chapel after the weekly church service What was concluded. It was a superficial wound and he won seriously, hurt in that incident. According to his family, he had been ready to die and accepted in any punishment which he might run into. So his father and his stepmother, they maintained regular contact, and his biological mother also maintained regular contact, although prior to his arrest, the two haven't even seen each other since Christmas of 1983. But his bi biological mother expressed her concerns for her son's physical well-being, and Dahmer responded with, it doesn't matter, Mom. I don't care if something happens to me. So the last part of this long true crime story, we're going we're gonna to ride into his death. So on the morning of November 28, 1994, Dahmer left his cell to conduct his assigned work detail accompanied by two inmates named Jesse Anderson and Christopher Scarver. So they were left unsupervised in the showers of the prison gym for possibly 20 minutes. And at around 8.10 a.m., Dahmer was discovered on the floor of the bathroom of a gym, suffering extreme head wounds. And he had been severely bludgeoned around the head and the face with a 20-inch metal bar. He also had been repeatedly struck, uh, struck against the wall he sat on. And although Dahmer still was alive, he was rushed to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead one hour later. Anderson, which was another one of the inmates in there, he was also beaten with the same instrument. And two days later, he died from his wounds. Scarbo, who was serving a life sentence for a murder committed in 1990, informed the authorities he had attacked Dahmer with a metal bar as Dahmer was cleaning in the staff locker room. Before, he attacked Anderson as he cleaned the other locker room. According to Scarver, Dahmer didn't make any noise while he was being attacked. And immediately after attacking both men, Scarver returned to his cell and informed the prison guards, quote, God told me to do it. Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead. And he was adamant that he did not plan any of the attacks in advance. So, that's the end of that, man. 
I want to know how y'all feel about that. Have y'all heard about it? Did I get y'all like as interested as I was on it? Cause I, like I said before, like I didn't hear about that until years later. And like, as soon as I did, I was like, damn, like people really do crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't wish death on nobody, but I do believe that karma is a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, so with that being said, I appreciate y'all for riding this wave with me, coming and getting a little more mind power. I'm Kiki Sohood, your host. Make sure you go follow me, rate me, give me five stars, and, and patiently wait for my next podcast. And I say patiently because I started school back Monday. And life already a little hectic, but I'm going to for sure continue to bring y'all a lot more knowledge, give you a little more mind power, because it's a lot of shit going on. And, you know, the little time that I do have, I make sure I research and look into some more shit that maybe everybody ain't heard about. And all my followers and shit, look, I'm going to continue to bring y'all more shit. Y'all just just ride this wave with me. That's all I'm saying, baby. It's Kiki So Hood, man.